Hello and a warm welcome to Living Fabulously with Bev. The mission for this show is to get to the heart of well-being through inspirational stories of everyday people, expert insights from a number of health and lifestyle-related disciplines, and exploration of topics that underpin well-being. If you want to take control of your well-being and prioritize yourself, then this is the podcast for you. I want you to feel calm, nurtured and inspired so you can enjoy your life and your success. Do you have a chronic illness and are overwhelmed with advice or conflicting information? My book Hope in a Dark Tunnel gives you actionable steps to create your path back to well-being and positivity, hope and resilience without false promises. Head to www.hopeinadarktunnel.com. Join me on this journey and let's live the fab life together. Hello and welcome. It's Bear from Living Fabulously and today my guest is Tash Corbin, business coach and mentor. Welcome Tash and please introduce yourself. I'm a business coach. I work with women in particular and I help them to navigate how to be a great marketer and how to do well in selling in their business without having to be too far into their masculine energy is probably how I would describe it. So it's not marketing in that pushy buy it now kind of space. It's about really uh, embracing our power of connection and how good we are at connecting with each other and using that as a strength in business. Mm. Yeah, because we don't like your hashtag sausage strategy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's our cheeky way of poking fun at some of the very masculine, very pushy, um, you know, kind of marketing strategies as they're a little bit sausage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And um, I think the, you know, for those of you who've never met Tash before is I've been working with Tash now more than two years and I'm always amazed at your wisdom for your young age. (laughs) (laughs) Not that young anymore. (laughs) My mature vintage and your young wisdom is a good combination. (laughs) I love it. Love it. Um, So, Tesh, today we want to talk about, you know, your journey with well-being and how you've actually made some things completely non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. And what yeah. is it? Because we know, and we've had this, we had a ranty chat on your podcast about, you know, feeling that we need to talk up about being vibrant and healthy, and that's good for business. So, you know, what are some of those non-negotiables for you? Yeah, well, I think um, just to give you a little bit of background, when I first started my business, I came from a very... Um, busy corporate background. We share a corporate slash consulting background, Bev. And um, and one of the things that I almost had to detox myself from was 15, 16 hour days. I just had this belief that in order to be successful in business, I needed to work these super long days. And I even think in when I was in corporate, like I was mostly being bolstered by caffeine, sugar and alcohol. Those were my like three non-negotiables, I guess. <laughs> And, um, and that's how I got through. And when I started my business, I just kind of got into that same pattern, but it wasn't long before I was like, well, I started a business for a reason. I started so that I could be the boss and I could be a good boss to myself and give myself days off and 
look after my health and well-being. And um, it didn't take long for me to realise that I had basically blown out my adrenals crazy. And, um, and as soon as I started to pay attention to what was actually going on in my body, um, I realised just how I had be- how much I had been living on the edge kind of thing. And so for me these days, um, my health is one, number one on my list, even in my business planning documents, which I can probably grab one out for you if I can grab it out of the cupboard. Yeah, so I just really struggled um, to find a way to look after myself and work this craziness. And so I made it a non-negotiable that I, I now only work 20 hours a week and I spend a lot of my time and energy working on my health and well-being. And it's and I, it's actually a recovery. Like when you were talking about bringing out hope in a dark tunnel, for me, you know, all of those signs that you talked about in terms of chronic illness, I had them. I've And, and so it's it's actually even... The spotlight series that we did, that interview where you were talking about being vibrant and you know bringing your best to the table, and then reading the excerpts of your book, and I was like, you know what? Like, I need to start treating this like a chronic illness and stop treating it like I'm a little bit tired all the time. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, my in my business plan for this year, my word of the year is strength. I have my strength on my necklace in my business plan. I have looking after my health and well-being as one of the top priorities because my business is called Tash Corbin. And if Tash Corbin isn't able to bring her best to the table, there is no business. And that's a lot of lost income and that's a lot of lost, you know, momentum as well. So what are some of the things that you, like, typically do? You know, what is it Mm -hmm. that, that makes up a day that's really fabulous for you? Yeah. Well, I think number one is the limiting my work hours. That's that's probably core. Um, number two is oh, like I start my day with my lemon water. Um, I'm a little bit spoiled. My partner brings it to me in bed, <laughs> which is very lovely. Um, but I know you interviewed Kate Arthur and I've done my genetic assessment with her. And one of the things that I need is a slow start to the morning. So I start my morning with lemon water a big glass of water and a walk on the beach. And I, I mean, didn't do it today. I'm in Singapore, not at home. But when I'm at home, that's one of my non-negotiables. Gluten-free is now a non-negotiable for me as well. And I feel it when I slip up. I feel it when there might be gluten in something or, you know, I, I get something that's you know, has gluten in it. I got suckered in by some kind of tart the other night. And then I was like, oh, why did I do that? Um, and so it reinforces my resolve to stay gluten-free. That's definitely one of them. Um, and also I actually do a little bit of intermittent fasting as well. I'm not, um, I don't eat a lot and I'm finding that that's really quite good for me and I can cope with it. I don't get hungry most of the time. One of the symptoms of adrenal fatigue, I think. And so, yeah, that they're some of my non-negotiables. I, I'm still, I'm still a work in progress. I definitely would not say that I have got this all figured out. I'm still, you know, have an extra, extra weight that I'm carrying that it's related to my hormones, but my non-negotiables are um, not just around the food and exercise. There's also, I think a lot of my weight issues in particular have come from stress 
and just that constant worry that goes around and around in your brain. And when I, like when we, when I started my business, I retired my partner and we moved to the beach six months in and I just took all of the weight of responsibility of our lives onto my shoulders. And I've been carrying that around ever since. And, and so for me, it's also looking after my psychological well-being and noticing when some of those heavy thought patterns are, are coming and I'm feeling that pressure and just releasing it. And sometimes it's as simple as writing it down and all of a sudden it's not that crazy anymore. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm very conscious of not getting myself bogged down in that stress and worry state and, uh, and, yeah, just some of those little simple things that will support my body and, and help me uh, to recover. Yeah, and I know that uh, when we worked together, we were talking about your sleep at the time because you've always been a really good sleeper. Yeah. And yeah. part of that whole adrenal fatigue um, and burnout was that you were also still not sleeping very well and we just fixed a few things yeah and away yeah. you were and um and look I've always like I, I do say I've always been a really good sleeper and that was one of the things that actually highlighted to me just how badly fatigued I was and just how much I was relying on a solid nine to ten hours of sleep every night when I moved to New Zealand and I was struggling to sleep and um, because when we lived in Bali I slept 10 hours a night and I was so productive and then we moved to New Zealand and all of a sudden I just could not get to sleep at night and I couldn't even get in bed. Like I was getting cranky at myself for not getting in bed. And um, that was a huge shift for me for sure was actually having those sessions with you and working on that sleep. And for me, it didn't take long for me to realise I am not going to survive this winter if I don't get through Like I really felt like it was a matter of survival for me. Um, if I don't get this sleep and I guess as well having having been someone who's always slept so well I noticed the difference when I wasn't sleeping well and I mean even today like I don't know if you can tell a little puffy under here <laughs> we've flown we flew seven and a half hours yesterday and then last night was a little bit disturbed because we picked up our puppy munchkin and she was a little bit on edge about the fact that she had us back again and so even then having a couple of breaks in sleep last night I feel it already today like yeah. for me yeah, I'd sleep is such a non-negotiable. I didn't even think to mention it. Like that's, that's how important it is to me. So most nights I'm in bed by nine. I'm asleep by 9.30, 10. And, yeah, I, I really do look after myself. And I give myself that beautiful slow start in the morning as well. So I'm never abruptly woken up. I am woken up by a gentle, loving touch on the shoulder from Davey and a cup of lemon water. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't force myself down to five or six hours of sleep I don't make myself like I like a good nine hours sleep and that's what I'm going to stick to yeah mm. well there's just so much evidence you know so yeah. if you're in doubt if you're listening and you're in doubt about uh, just listening to Tash you know working aspirationally uh, mine is also to work 20 hours a week I've got my sleep and all that shiz sorted but it's <laughs> it's the it's finding that space that sweet spot where you can um, thrive you know because mm -hmm. there's just so many more bodies of evidence that sleep is it's not it has to be non-negotiable yeah. and if you are running your own business like you say you are your brand too you are your brand and your business 
and wanting to show up. And you mentioned something earlier about managing your thoughts. So in the book, Hope in a Dark Tunnel, I talk about the four aspects of ourselves. And we've talked about some of the physical aspects. So obviously, we're talking about nutrition, we're talking about um, good quality sleep and movement, you know, Mm -hmm. so you talked about moving, going and walking on the beach. And then I talk about the mental aspect. So the stress, the negative self-talk, any of that that actually consumes your mind. And then you also have the emotional aspects because, for example, when, like me now, doing this launch, I had set an intention with the beautiful Claire Tate that my vision is that this will be successful and I will allow it to unfold. So I won't be too prescriptive about how I get there, Mm. but I will do the work and I will monitor the track, which is (laughs) your thing too, (laughs) but I won't be attached to the outcome. And, you know, I've had to actively manage the emotion because every now and again the sort of fear rises that I won't get this book published. And I go, Mm -hmm. okay, what's going on? stop, take stock, work out what I need to do, you know, to take care of those emotions and not push them aside, actually work on processing them. And you mentioned writing. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, writing those things down sometimes just helps unlock the subconscious and get it out um, as Mm -hmm. do a few other tools. And then obviously the other one is, is that whole soulful aspect of yourself. So just even the fact that you have a gentle morning, that you know what feeds your soul, that walk on the beach, all of those things. So finding where those pockets of joy are in your life. So that's to me where, you know, I can see when we integrate those four aspects of ourselves, that's where well-being comes from. Mm, Absolutely. And I think, you know, we live in a society that um, hypervalues busy and being busy and I've even had to detox myself when people say how's business and I'll say busy like it's a good thing like busy it's so busy but it's not busy like I don't even know why I say it and so I've had to like really pay attention to my language in that space and I think for me the other thing particularly with the soulful side of my business is that I am excited to do my work each day. It doesn't feel like hard work. And I don't need to wear this badge of honor that says, I do stuff I don't like in order to hustle and get the results that I want. I really don't. If I don't like doing something that's part of my business, I'll either not do it or I'll get someone else to do it for me. And that is, you know, the ultimate in my in my life is being able to always do the fun things that you love and the things that you want to do and doing less and less of the stuff that you don't like. And that lights up my soul. Every time I'm actively engaged in something, it's something that lights me up and makes me feel excited. And, um, you know, even last week I was doing a little challenge with people in my business and I just said, like, if 12-year-old Tash could see me now that colouring in and having fun and playing with money and, you know, talking to you guys is my job she would just be so stoked. She's like, Tash, you did it right. Like, this is amazing. This is my future. And that makes me feel so happy that I've been able to do that. And I think business is such an avenue for that. And that's why I'm so passionate about what I do is because I see so many women in the corporate world. Like, do you, like, for me, I remember so vividly, my mum passed away. I'd gone back to work. It was about three weeks later. 
I'd had to take leave without pay because, you know, you get two days to bereave a loved one in the corporate world. Thanks for that. Two whole days. Woo! Um, three if you organise the funeral. And so I remember I was back at work a few weeks after my mum had passed away and I had to go to the bathroom and cry in secret because I didn't want anyone to think it was impacting on my performance at work. Of course my emotions impact on my performance at work. But we're just so in that corporate environment and in that setting, you you can't show your emotional self. You can't be your emotional self. You can't. I've I did an um, a podcast interview with Aisha Kennedy on Brilliant Misfits, and I was talking about you know dealing with the loss of my mom and the corporate world and that kind of thing. And I started crying on that podcast, and I got so much love, and I got so much beautiful positive feedback from people. Now, if I had been at my desk job, sitting at my desk having a little cry, I was like, "What's wrong? Either go home or get it sorted." Or you know, like we can't be a whole person often in some of those settings. And that's what I love about having a business and particularly a personal brand business is that I get to be my whole unapologetic emotional self and cry at dog videos and cry (laughs) on the internet. And it doesn't mean that I'm not good at my job. I'm not good at my work. And so, you know, I love that. And I think that that's why for me, like your message and my message actually go hand in hand with each other. And sometimes all you need to do is step away from that corporate construct and create something where you get to be the boss and you get to decide what your priorities are. And I actually think that will be to the betterment and the health and well-being of women around the world. And so, yeah. And I think you're touching on something there, Tash, which I've observed in even the entrepreneurial online world is there's a level of perfectionism that Mm -hmm. sometimes limits somebody from actually starting because in that corporate construct, we did, we had this facade on yeah, and we'd show up and be bold and brave and all these things that we needed to do in a masculine environment. And yet sometimes we've carried that through And that lack of integration with your true self is also where you start to get diseased, Mm -hmm. you know. So by not showing up as yourself every day, it can create that difficulty. And if it's there long enough, that level of stress on your very soul is very, very likely to lead to some level of illness. So um, thank you for bringing that up. That's really helpful. (laughs) And then my last question for you, Tash, is, Like all of us, we're human and fallible and we can fall off the wagon. So what are some of your strategies to get back on? Okay, so uh, number one, I am a very social person. I'm very socially driven. So my first step is usually to reach out to whether it be a health coach, like with you, with the sleep stuff, I was like, I'm not going to fix this on my own. I've tried. It's not going to work. I need some kind of conversation around this and I need some external strategies. But it could also just be reaching out to a friend or um, even talking to on a state. Like one of the big thing, reasons why he brings me my lemon water in the morning is because I said, this is a non-negotiable for me. I want to start my day right and yet... You know, I was only hitting the mark 50% of the time. And he's like, well, I'll bring it for you. Like, I can do that. And and for me, like, that has changed so much about me. Like, it's this, it's such a small thing. 
Um, so, yeah, for me, definitely other people and uh, bringing other people into the equation. And then secondly is also re- realigning myself to that goal and vision of myself. That's why strength is here. That's why strength is my word. I'm running a conference in March next year and my vision is that I'm standing on stage fit and healthy and vibrant and strong and strong. And so for me, that's that's also very powerful is to realign to that. Well, I can't get there if I'm off the wagon here. The things that I do now are going to impact on that event in nine months' time. I need to start thinking about, you know, that vision. And then the third one, which is kind of the opposite of those two things, right? I dob myself into other people. I'm like, Tash, you won't get there. I kind of give myself a little rousing. But then the third thing is I forgive myself. I'm really gentle on myself because, you know, sometimes that donut just wins. Sometimes, you know, sleeping in and not going for a walk on the beach wins. And that's okay. I'm not here to live in this rigid world where every time I do something wrong, I wrap myself over the knuckles. I'm here to live in a world where I experience pleasure and joy and fun and excitement each day. And sometimes that means I fall off the wagon. And the more I practice, the more, uh, Brittany just said, I wonder if I can get my Davy to bring me lemon water. Ask, you never know. Exactly. Right? I felt so uncomfortable asking. I, I mean, that's another thing, right, is get comfortable with asking for what you need. It took so much practice for me to ask for a gluten-free meal on a plane and now it's like a little checkbox. It took so, not that I ate a lot of the food on the plane, let's be, be honest. No. <laughs> Even asking at restaurants, like, is there gluten-free bread with that available or can I have it with, like, I, it felt so uncomfortable. We get so uncomfortable with asking for what we need and I'm practicing that and I you know sometimes I'll start a sentence with David like I'm really uncomfortable asking you this question but do you think you could bring me lemon water in the morning like I know it sounds weird but it's really important for my health and you know like I I think that's the big thing is like be gentle on yourself and, and know that this is a practice and that particularly for those of us who are in the burnout fatigue you know, crazy hours, masculine orientated kind of energy. It I call it detoxing from that. Like I had to detox from the corporate world and I'm still detoxing from the corporate world. And so it's all a practice. And I, I know this is the like worst example to give on your your things, Bev, but they talk about like quitting smoking. And like the more times you try to quit smoking, the more likely you are to succeed. It's not about deciding that you need to quit smoking the first time. It's actually about deciding that no matter what happens, you'll keep trying. And I think that's it for me with my health and well-being. No matter what happens, I will keep trying. Even when I'm like crying in my bed going, I'm just going to be fat forever and I can't figure this out. I know that tomorrow is a new day and I will keep trying. And I am like a dog with a bone when it comes to my health and well-being. And I've attracted practitioners who are like that too. You've been like that with my sleep. Work with a naturopath, Jeanette, or my hormones because a very weird hormone imbalance going on. And she's like a dog with a bone. We're going to try this now. No, we're going to work out what this is. Um, I saw Sanessa's interview about parasites. Davey and I are doing a parasite cleanse. Like we're going to work this out and I will just keep practicing and I will just keep trying. And that's the best that I can do and not trying to find the perfect thing and get it right and never fail, 
That's not actually in my world. That, does, that, that reality just doesn't exist for me. The best I can do is promise myself I will keep trying and that's what I'm going to do. Exactly, and that's what, why I say we're human and fallible. And so, you know, if 80% of the time you're doing what you intended, you're still going to get there. It may take a little longer, but that's life. That's really <laughs> life. It's just, it's just the way the world is and the way we are, you know. Yeah. Because I think yeah. that level, you know, where you, where you do, you know, fall off the wagon. I can remember when, I, you know, following one of many eating protocols in my lifetime. And I used to have this thought that, oh, well, I've, I've had the wrong thing, so I'll just, like, go for it badly the whole day. I mean, how yeah. warped is that? Because I thought that was imperfection. And so, like, I'm already imperfect. I'll just keep going. Instead mm-hmm. of, like you say, just accepting that, okay, I slipped up, right. This next choice, I'm going to make a different one. Yeah. Instead and it's, of making the whole day, you know. <laughs> all or nothing thinking. And, yeah. and that's probably my biggest issue that I'm still working on. I'm working on it with Claire Tate, the kinesiologist who you mentioned earlier. So that's something that definitely has come up for me as well. And, um, it, yeah, it's, it's a big one and it's that, um, we also have that, like, I'll start again on Monday mentality. Yeah. And so then you blow out for like four days of just nothing. By the time Monday comes around, you've got no energy. There's no way you're going to actually get back on the horse yeah. because you're just so far gone. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely a big one for me. Even here, coming here to Singapore, I brought my blender, right? Cause I love my beautiful green smoothies in the morning. So I brought my blender with me over to Singapore and I said to Davey, we're going to go and get vegetables and coconut water and I'm going to have them there so that I can have. And as we're walking to the supermarket, I'm like, I forgot how much I love food in Singapore and there's pork buns and there's, you know, um, chili crab and there's all these things there. But we still bought the vegetables and everything for my smoothie ingredients on the way home. So, yes, my plan was to come here and have nothing but smoothies and do a little bit of a detox and a cleanse. That's probably not going to happen. I've already booked in for vegetarian Japanese food with the lady posse on Monday, but the 80% thing, right? So yeah. for, for, for the days where we don't have something exciting to go out and do, I'm going to have my smoothies. I've got everything that I need and I will make sure that it happens. And like, I just, like we were at the supermarket and apples were two for $20, two for $20 here. And so I needed to like go and find things that were appropriately priced for my budget. But I probably spent four times the amount that I would on my smoothie ingredients. But it's that important to me, I'm still going to do it. And it's Mm. cheaper for us to go out and eat cheap street food. But I'm still going to make my smoothies and look after myself while I'm here, because I know that's the fastest way for me to recover from my flights. That's the fastest way for me to make sure I'm really effective here. And it's also really aligning me to that vision of myself on stage in March. Yeah. Yeah, mm. no, that's wonderful. Well, thanks yeah. so much for being with me today. We've had a good uh, all-round chat and got a bit ranty about things. So that's <laughs> awesome. We love doing that. So thanks for joining us. And um, you can also, if you haven't already pledged, please go to hopeinadarktunnel.com and you can pre-order your book. There's all sorts of things there for you to help you make that next step in your well-being journey. So thanks, Tash. Thank you so much, Beth. And can I just say one last thing? Yeah. If the sleep thing has pricked your ears up, 
Bev's sleep program is part of one of the bundles, make sure that you grab it because Bev knows sleep. Like if there's one area that I, that you need to sort out, it's the sleep stuff. And, and um, I, I really do encourage people to get onto the sleep stuff um, with Bev because, you know, she runs Sleep Timber. She owns the trademark. That's how good she is at it. So, yes, please do go and support Open a Dark Tunnel. Yes, thank you. And so all that's left for me to say is bye for now and let's live the fab life together. Thank you so much for listening. And I would love to know what you enjoyed most about this episode. You can connect with me on Facebook by searching for Living Fabulously with Bev or feel welcome to leave a message or comment on my website. You can get the links and any references from this episode in the show notes at my website www.livingfabulously.com forward slash podcasts. Do you have a friend who you think deserves to live fabulously? Spread the love around by sharing the podcast with them right now. Until next time, be sure to live the fab life. The information shared here and in our programs and webinars should not be seen as medical advice and is not meant to take the place of seeing licensed health professionals.